Pulp MX Network Production. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show on PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races. With your host, Steve Mathis. This is the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We are live Thursday, noon Pacific, in lovely Las Vegas, getting hot here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Fly Moto 60 Show. Southwick coming up, the last ever Southwick, round six of the Lucas Oil AMA Pro National Championships. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. Uh, Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas will both be uh, on here to discuss uh, the upcoming national what we're seeing this season, uh, what's going on, what's happening. Um, Fly Racing Moto 60 Show, supported by Fly Racing, one of the fastest-growing MX and off-road riding apparel and hard part brands. Distributed in 40-plus countries. Without Fly Racing, there is no Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. Thank you to those guys. Uh, today, we are going to award a random caller, a Fly Racing Factory Spectator Kit. It's a T-shirt, a hat, a lanyard, a wallet, pit board, and a hydration backpack. It's everything you need to take in your favorite AMA Lucas Oil Pro National Race. Uh, thank you to Fly Racing. And uh, like I said, you just got to be a random dude to get that. Maybe ask a good question. Maybe ask a bad question. Maybe tell Wygant he's ruining motocross. Something. Anything will work. All right. So Southwick this weekend. Weather looking like some rain is in the forecast. Uh, went from 70% to 30%. So a little better. But uh, Friday rain, Sunday rain. Somehow they say only 30% on Saturday. The worst track to uh, race in in the rain, probably Southwick. So this is going to be a fantastic uh, combination. The final one, Southwick, it's um, it's awesome. It's a great race. It's too bad it's got to go. Um, I'm not sure the details on why it's going. I know something. You know, obviously, it probably boils down to money somehow, because there was something where the Legion said the MX338 Legion said that they wanted to keep it going. The promoter said they can't, and uh, I'm, I don't know for sure, but I'm, it's always usually boils down to money. Let's hope they figure it out. But for now, everyone's going ahead as if this is the last one. And that, that makes me sad. Uh, it also makes me sad that John Dowd is going to call it a career um, this weekend. Uh, 47 years old, I believe. And his son Ryan is racing too. So uh, if there's anywhere where Dowdy's going to go out, uh, hopefully I'm glad it's Southwick, I guess. And maybe it comes back next year. Maybe it doesn't. And no matter what, we're losing. A, if it goes away, we're losing a little piece of moto history they've had nationals i think they skipped a couple of years but basically since 74 they've had a national every year and it's right in the middle of town it's like the fenway park of nationals there's a school there and some houses and and it's super cool race it's thursday so maybe it's too late but if you haven't ever been look into some plane tickets it's pretty cool it's a pretty cool race to go to no doubt it's part of history uh southwick sand brett metcalf's racing this weekend that's gonna be interesting to see and, of course, uh, Jimmy Dakotas, another guy. Uh, New England uh, hometown Ripa is going to be there uh, in the 250 class. I understand he's racing. So, And we have, of course, the 250 title chase, Baggett, Ro- Tomac, Roxon, Moosekin. Perhaps we wrote Baggett off too soon. Uh, it was pretty damn good at uh, Bud's Creek. So um, taking your calls and um, dealing with everything behind the scenes, holding it down, is uh, my lovely wife, uh, Angie Mathis. Hello. Hello, hello. Who's Angie? I don't know, Pookie. <laughs> um, thanks for taking taking your time to, to do this. Appreciate it. It's right in the middle of the day, which does throw a wrench into things, but yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I know. You're very busy. Uh, <laughs> all right, we're coming up with Jason Wygand. He's going to talk about the 450s with us. Uh, Aaron is uh, our first caller, though. Aaron, what's up, man? Aaron, you there? No, Aaron. All right, see you later. It's catchy. Uh, um, so, 450 class... Uh, some things I want to talk to you about and also talk to uh, Wygan about. So we know Dungey and RV are good and, and all that, but uh, we also know Justin Barsha is very good at Southwick. Former winner, hometown kid, uh, won a moto on a 450 a couple years ago. So he's really good in the sand. He should get third, right? Well, maybe not. Michael Lessie podium there on a KTM 350. So he goes very good. He made the made, got second overall last year. So... um. Basically, Michael Lessie hauls ass there as well. So we know that. Um, he should get third, right? Well, no. Tyler Rattray. Now, granted, last year on a factory Cowie fill-in ride, he, he went like 5'6 or something. He's never been off the box there in 250 class. 
and he's won a moto there. He's won races there before. So Tyler Rattray hauls ass in the sand. So he should get third, especially judging off his uh, his high point ride, which seemed like he was back a little bit. And and at Bud's Creek, he was flying from about twentieth. I think he got to about uh, sixth or eighth or, or something around there, and he, and he crashed hard and went out for the day. But so Rattray could get third. I mean, we all know Dungey and RV, unless catastrophe happens, will be one two. There's no doubt um, in some order. But with Barsha and Rattray and Alessi, Josh Grant's fast there. James Stewart's fast there. Guess who got third overall there last year? Yeah, Brock Tickle. I don't think he's going to do it this year, but Barsha, Alessi, and Rattray, that's some pretty solid guys fighting for one spot. So I'm interested to see how that, that's going to go. We're going to see um, who's going to be the best of the rest, I guess. Chad Reed goes great there. James Stewart goes great there. But as of right now, I don't know what's going on with those two guys. It's not good. It's uh, it's not good right now. Uh, Adam Cincirillo, he should do better in the 250 class. Wilbur, Will Hahn should be better. Um, also, too, the uh, WMX is racing this weekend. So, a little more of a break for these guys. So, Roxanne, Muskan, guys that, that look tired and admitted they're tired um, at, at, at Bud's Creek with the no break, they should have that uh, hour-long break. So, WMX is back. That is an interesting subplot to see as well. Aaron is back on the phone. Aaron, what's going on, man? Aaron, you there? Hello. All right, Aaron is not there still. Um, Oliver, you there? Hello? All right, no Oliver either. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on with our with our lovely phone system here. We'll try, keep trying it, I guess. Um, it's going to be interesting to see this weekend. So Zach Osborne is back from the GPs. And we know he hauls ass in the sand. He has to. I mean, he's not as good as Roxon and Hurlings and those guys, but he should be pretty damn good uh, in the sand uh, this weekend. And he's been on it and pretty good. So I think, uh, you know, definitely looks like he might be uh, somebody who could be something. And, uh, you know, we're going, going forward from there. The track gets really rough and it gets pretty gnarly. And, uh, you know, this is the stuff that we're going to see that it happens this weekend. So... Uh, should be should be interesting to see uh, this weekend. Fly Racing Moto 60 show supported by Fly Racing, one of the fastest growing MX and off road riding apparel and hard part brands in the North American market, distributed in 40 plus countries worldwide. And we're going to give away a Fly Racing factory spectator kit, Fly T shirt, a Fly hat, a Fly lanyard, Fly wallet, uh, and a Fly pit board and a hydration backpack. We're going to get the, all that together for a random caller. Uh, looking forward to that. Going to see uh, what happens with that. Hey, Fly Racing Show, who's this? Uh, Rodney. Rodney, what's going on, man? How are you? What's up? Hey, I wanted to ask uh, what they uh, see think they'll replace the Southwick with what race. What's that? I wanted to ask what um, what uh, track they would replace Southwick with. You know what? I don't know. That's a great question, Rodney. Um, have you heard about Indiana a couple years ago? They they talked about where the GNCC is being held. Um Maybe Indiana. Where do you want to? Go? Where do you want it to go? Shit, I don't know. Shit, you don't know. <laughs> I'm not right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know what? Um, it's going to be interesting. You know, I don't think I'm ready to to slam the door on Southwick just yet. Doesn't it seem uh, behind the scenes like they can work something out? I don't know. It seems like there may be the Legion says that they want to still hold a race, and the promoters say they can't do it. Maybe they meet in the middle somewhere, you know. As usual, money comes behind these things. So uh, that'd be cool. A lot of people seem to really want to keep it around. Yeah, I agree. I agree, and, and it should be around. We should have a sand track on the schedule. There's no doubt. I don't know of any other deep sand. I'm, Grantsburg, Wisconsin, is one track that comes to mind. That's deep sand that, that I've been to. Other than that, I don't know. So, thanks, Rodney. Yep. All right, thank you, uh, Gordon. You there? Yeah. What's up, Gordon? What's happening? Um, anything about Travis Baker? Is he going to get a, a filling ride anywhere or you know a ride I, or anything? You know what I heard? And I don't know how true this is. First I heard he was maybe going to Europe. Then I heard that the Rockstar Suzuki guys maybe to fill in for Nico Izzy. Yeah. I heard that. Um, but in talking to a guy close to the team, he said, no, we're not, we're not filling that spot. They've actually condensed huh. their truck uh, to get uh, – 
they, they have two trucks, a 450 truck and a, and a 250 truck, and they condensed it to put Ryan Sipes, the 450 rider, into uh-huh. the 250 rider, into the 250 truck. Uh-huh. So that tells me that maybe they're not looking at, like, you know, they just basically replaced Izzy's bike with Sipes' bike. So that mm-hmm. tells me they're not looking to, to put a guy on. But interesting, I did hear Travis Baker, Rockstar Suzuki. He should be out in the outdoors, no doubt. The guy got 10th overall last year. So, and he scored points in every moto last year. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it's a shame. There's a lot of dudes that yep. should, should, should have better rides and, and what, than what they do. Brett Metcalf being one of them, he's forced to go to Canada. All right. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yep. All right. Uh, lines are jammed. Should we just take phone calls or should we, what should, should we do? Bill, you there? Yeah, here, Steve. What's up, man? Hey, uh, call about the Stewart setup. I thought, um, you know, I know last year, you know, he did pretty good with Dungy, and I know Dungy's a little quicker this year, but uh, why do you think he's uh, so far off the pace with this setup? Is it the air fork, or did he go back to oil for a while? He, uh, he He's back on the air fork right now. He went to, uh, he was on a spring fork, not oil, always oil. He's always okay. kept oil. Uh, he's on a yeah. spring fork for the first couple rounds. Bill, I don't know. It's not a setup problem with this. At this point, right? Okay. It, well, you yeah, you think that must be uh, just uh, energy, you know, lack of conditioning, causing them to make mistakes, maybe? I don't know, Bill. I don't know. But his qualifying time's good, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's the same thing. I, you know, if he if he if he gets like a sixth place start, I mean, besides his crashes, he's crashed he's crashed a bunch. Yeah. Um, if you take away his crashes, without crashing, he's still just racing, you know, around the guys that he's at. Um, yeah, yeah, he's not showing the aggression that yeah, he had. Like, or... like, he's not, even if he doesn't crash, he's not going forward, ripping through the pack. You know what I yeah. mean? So, so, maybe it's lack of confidence in the setup. Maybe it's let him down. He's lost the front end a few uh, times. And uh, that. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, he won two nationals on it last year, you know? Yeah, barely. Bikes, but... Well, yeah, but still, bike's the same. But, uh, yeah. he, I mean, he's not even close to winning right now. It's not even like, you know, he's a getting third or fourth, he's got issues. He's got problems. Yeah. It's, it's, Yo, I know, like, uh, last year Dungy was there. He was unhappy that uh, when Roger left, like, the setup was way off, testing was way off, and it seemed like, yeah. you know, the bike was kind of going backwards for Dungy yep. last year. So, I mean, the bike hasn't changed. I mean, I don't understand why they have to really change something that isn't broke. Yeah. Uh, I got you. I, I was, okay. I, I, I hear you, Bill. Thanks, man. Okay, thanks. All, all right, see you. Um, all right, look, lines are jammed uh Josh. Let's go with Josh. Josh, what's happening, man? Hey, Steve. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Thanks. Uh, I guess my question is, um, well, it's a kind of a statement question. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see Medi back uh, for this race here in the Nationals. I'm um, excited to see him. But uh, why is he racing in Canada right now? Is there a reason? I know he got injured last year. Is he just trying to get in the shape or you get a better deal up there or? he had nothing in the usa he got hurt in the no. nationals when he was fifth overall he talked to valley yamaha he talked to jgr he you know sniffed around suzuki said maybe they'll keep him but they ended up not um he had nothing but some teams that were like hey we'll take you racing you can make some gear money you know they'll pay expenses and they'll give him some gear money um that's all he had. So he was forced to, wow. you know, he's got a family and, a, and a, he's married and a kid and a, ho- a house and a mortgage and big ass motorhome. Right. He's got to make money. So, yeah, gotta, you know, gotta he, do what he got to do. He wasn't yeah. quite ready for Supercross with his injuries, but right. he could have joined the Supercross series probably around halfway. Or, yeah. if, you know, if, 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 if they'd wanted him, he probably could have made A1, but it would have been tough. But he was ready right. for the Nationals no matter what. And just he can't find anybody to pay him. It's, it's amazing. That's so, crazy. Yeah. Super pumped to see him back. No, I am too. Hey, I was yeah. watching. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I am too. I'm pumped. I'm excited to see how he's going to do. How do you think he's going to do? Yeah. Um, actually, I mean, he's done really well at that track in the past. I mean, I mean, I, I see him towards the front. I mean, with the stack field we got this year, I don't know, maybe 10, 15. Oh, come on. Dude, he's, yeah, what? he's won there before. I know he's won there before, but. You know, Canada's a little different than dude. Ten to fifteen, <laughs> come on. I don't, I don't know. He'll be, he'll be five, six, seven, you right think around so, there. Huh? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for. I'm just right. trying to be real, realistic about it. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, Josh. Uh, um, yeah. We're gonna give you that Fly Racing Factory Spectator kit. So fantastic. Courtesy of our folks at Fly Racing, you get a T-shirt, a hat, a lanyard, a wallet, a pit board, 
I don't even know if you need a pit board, but you get one and a hydration backpack. Fantastic. Thank you, Steve. All right, thanks. We're going to put you on hold here. Sounds good. Thanks. Um, all right, we're coming up with Jason Wygan here right away. Uh, James, what's up, man? Hey, how you doing? Good, what's happening? Hey, uh, I heard today that John Dowd's son, Ryan Dowd, is going to be trying to qualify this weekend he is. at Southwick. He is. Um, yeah. Has that ever happened before in the sport where, like, a father-son has qualified? Uh, I doubt for the, not for the same uh, class, but yeah. for the same race. I, I don't think so. Can you remember? No. I, I don't. I can't think of anybody. I don't know either. Right. Is Ryan, now, is Ryan good? I don't yeah, even know. I've like, seen him race uh, NESC and all that, and he goes pretty good. So he, 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 he'll make it easy, or he's going to be on the bubble, or what do you think? I've seen he dominated the B class. I have not seen him race A, but I also haven't been to any local right. races this year. Hey, if he won the B class, though, he's probably probably good enough. He to was, that was right. that was at NESC, and he was flying in that class. All right. Well, hopefully he makes it, man. It's gonna be cool. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, one other quick question. Yeah. If Sykes keeps riding the way he is, what do you think's gonna happen with him? Do you think he'll he'll get a ride somewhere? A, a four fifty so. ride? Yeah, I hope so. He needs one. He deserves one. You know. Yeah. So yeah, I I I think so. I think his first choice is to go stay where he is. He likes the team. He likes the bike. So. All right. Well, thank you for taking uh, my call. Thank you, man. Thanks a lot. Um, Justin, what's up, man? Yeah, I had a question. I listened to the whole show. You guys were talking about uh, Mookie signing with TLD next year. Yep. And you said it was be on the 250? Well, yeah, they're, on, they're a 250 Supercross team only. So 250 West Coast. Because they've already got Sealy's already locked in, right? Sealy's locked in and Nelson's locked in. So don't they have uh, the guy from the monster, McElrath? McElrath will be is there it? too, yeah. So is there going to be room for him, or is there yeah. a talk about doing a 450 program at all? No. Is that brought up? No, no talk of a 450 program. They would just have four 250 guys. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. So um, The other thing I was going to ask you was uh, Brownie's racing this weekend. Do you know if he's on a 350 or a 450? He's on a 450. Okay. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Steve. All right. Appreciate thank it. you, man. See you later. Bye. All right. Uh, all right. Coming up with Jason Wygant here. Um, a lot of questions today. I don't know. Oh, uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. Who's this? This is Oliver. Hey, what's up, man? What's your question? Yeah. Like the Stewart Brothers. To say if one of them would get a championship, what is the probability? Like, which one would get one first? I mean, or which one would even get one? What's Since that? James isn't really having to, like, conservative of a season. I don't really know. Malcolm's starting to look really good. Yeah, Malcolm so. is, man. Malcolm's killing it. Yeah, absolutely. Look at fever, bro. Dude, I, I, I thought he should have been on. Four, I thought he should have been on fourth for a long time, but I didn't think he'd be almost podium a race. You know. Yeah, I thought he'd be like a maybe like a top ten guy, but ooh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. Yep. All right. See you, man. See you. All right. Uh, coming up with uh, Jason Wygant here. Uh, Isaac. Yes, sir. Another Mookie, What's going on? Another Mookie Fever question. Well, I was just, uh, yeah, he kind of took mine a little bit. I was oh. just curious, what do you think Malcolm can do? We've never seen him really get any confidence um, as far as, you know, getting close to podium, period, outdoors in any class. So what do you think, um, can he keep it going, or is it, or is he going to, you know, well, maybe pull a little bit of a James? Um, good question. He's, he's inconsistent, right? Like, there's no doubt he's had trouble staying consistent. Um, right. And he was even, even in the 450 class, he's been up and down. Uh, Hangtown was a great ride for him. Um, it was phenomenal. Um, but uh, I think he's still got to work on some consistency. There's no doubt. I'm not totally sold. It's only five races in, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I'm, not, I, I'm not totally sold on that. But he's certainly impressed me. He's certainly got speed. He's got, he looks like he's in good shape. He, he, got, he can't go to a 250 for Supercross next year. He just can't. I mean, I, I just, he's too big. It doesn't work out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely on a power. Um, I guess another question I did have was with the air fork and the sand, um, does, is that going to take a, is it going to bother anybody? Like the setup, is it going to be that much different? I know they talk about it like 
you know, giving better feedback to the rider, or at least that's what I think Tickle was saying um, a while back, but like on the hard pack and with the chop, but Mm -hmm. with the sand, with the different texture, is that going to affect it any and make it, um, you know, give them a little bit harder of a time finding the right setup or? Um, you know what? I, I, the thing I hear about the air fork is that it's light. It lightens the front end. Obviously, you know, you don't have the springs up there. And when you Mm -hmm. think about, when you think about sand, what you want to do is you want to have light, light front end and sand. You want to, uh, uh, you know, lean back, let the front end be light, let it wander over the bumps, and maybe the maybe the air fork will be better for that. I don't know. It, it's going to be. This is the first, the first uh, year where um, air fork's going to be at Southwick, and we know suspension at Southwick is huge. So yeah, um, you know, so it should be interesting to see what the guys are saying afterwards. All right, sounds good. Thanks, right. Steve. Thanks, man. Um, we got a winner for our fly pack. It was. Uh, it was Josh. Josh, hey, th- thanks, Josh. Uh, fly Racing Factory Spectator Kit. Hat, shirt, lanyard, wallet, pit board, backpack, Fly Racing, Moto 60 show. Let's get our first guest uh, on the line, uh, Jason Wygant. What's up? What's up, man? Hey, I know we got to you a little late. This phone call's crazy. Um, hey, Darn fans. I know, right? Hey, um, Southwick, the last one. The last hurrah. What, yes. What do you think? I, I, what, 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 be, what, right? what goes through your mind? Uh, people are going to be bummed, and here's the strange part. Um, I don't think if you get the pulse of the riders and teams, they're necessarily heartbroken over it. But everyone on the periphery, and I think that even includes you and me, I mean, it's just a special place, the way the track looks, the way it rides, the neighborhood around it, the type of fans that you get up there. You know, their local guys are just so intertwined with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Man, there's probably not a track that's more unique on the, out of the 12 than Southwick, so it's a hard one to lose. It is. It's terrible. And, and like, we're probably not going to replace it with the sand tracks. A caller asked that earlier. That's a shame, yeah. too, you know? Yeah, it's hard to find. Um, obviously, look how long it took them to find the, you know, to put Muddy Creek on the, on the schedule and things like that. Like, it's hard to find a place that works at all, mm-hmm. let alone a sand track uh, that works. Yeah, it's a real shame. What's your, what's your, what's your favorite memory of Southwick? Um, in 2001, I think it was, um, there was this really cool bet going where Grant Langston, uh, he was pretty young at the time, but he did like to talk because he was born that way. But I don't think he really meant to fire anyone up with this, but he just kind of said, hey, you know, when I was living in Europe, lived in Holland, rode to sand all the time, so if there's one track I think I could probably do well on or win on, it would be Southwick because uh, it's a sand track. That's just something he said kind of innocently. So then Travis Pastrano was like, there's no way you're going to beat me at Southwick. So they started making some crazy bets about whoever won, whoever lost would have to ride in like a pink bunny outfit at the next race or something like that. Do you remember this? Uh, yeah, I was on KTM at the time. I, I thought it was um, – I didn't think there was actually anything on the line, though. I thought it was just, uh, just you know, um, just, oh. uh, just in the press. Yeah, I know because at Travis, there's usually no, nothing put up uh, for extra stakes. Right, right, never. Right, right. There's never additional dare. Uh, and then, as you know, that turned into one of the most dramatic days ever. Langston was the points leader. Then he hurt himself in practice, and he yeah. still gutted out the motos anyway. And Pastrana came from way back and somehow managed to win the thing when it looked like he had no shot. Um, I don't think they followed through on the bet because it was kind of unfair considering Langston was riding one-armed. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, man, considering what was on the line and the you know national champ versus right. the GP champ and all that stuff, it was pretty awesome. Um, hey, I was breaking down Southwick earlier in the show. So, Dungey and RV in some order will be one-two, unless you know disaster strikes. So, you would think Barsha would be third. He's won there before. He's a hometown guy, sorta. Um, very fast in the sand. We saw him win a four fifty moto on a four fifty a couple years ago, right? He'd be a good pick for third. You totally throw Barsha out of the one and two equation altogether now. I do. Yeah, I do. I think so. I do. I do. Um, I'm wondering, I've heard some things, but it's not the most solid sources, but I've heard that Barsha isn't necessarily happy with his, his bike setup right now, the last couple of weeks, but Southwick is so different, and I'll give you the example, this is what Rattray dealt with last year, Rattray was not happy with the, his settings all last year, but at Southwick it didn't really matter, it's just so much different, mm-hmm. um, you know, hard choppy bumps and sand are totally different, and he managed to, it wasn't a problem there, so I wonder if some of the issues Barsha has been having if they're going to be completely erased uh, here. And obviously he's good on this track. 
I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. Really? In, in, that, in that one-two mix, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'm, I'm, I would be, and I was trying to think, you know, unless he's done very well at Southwick before, um, podium there on a 350, podium last year, got second place last year. Rattray's only been off the box one time at Southwick, and that was last year on the 450 when you said he wasn't happy, and we all know he wasn't pumped on the, the deal. He was coming back injured. Uh, Tickle got third last year there at that race, so mm-hmm. obviously he enjoys it. We know Mookie is fast in the sand. We've seen him in, on his 250F do well, all uh, 200 pounds of him. <laughs> it, it's going to be an interesting third-place battle is what I'm getting at. And then, of course, John Dowd, junkyard. Well, I think the Dowd thing illustrates what I'm saying with Barsha, uh, no matter what. It's just so unbelievably different that I know it seems crazy to think that Barsha was probably, what, 50 seconds behind the Orions at Bud's Creek? I get to make up yeah. 50 seconds in one week, but yeah. that's what happens. Hey, I remember years ago, Brock Hepler getting lapped at Southwick, and then our own Billy Ursick was like, oh, he'll podium next week at Still City. And you're like, dude, he got lapped. Right. He's not going to make up a lap in one week. But yeah. he did. Yeah. Southwick like, doesn't even count. It's just totally different. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, um, what about, uh, I, I just don't see him making, I just, I, the Ryans are so good. They're so good. Yeah, they, 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 they are. They are, yeah. They're, they're very good riders. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Uh, is this, do we expect any sort of breakout from James Stewart and Chad Reed? Does the sand change anything? Um, I'm going to say no on both. Um, obviously, Reed. Uh, I don't think really a corner has been turned health-wise. I mean, the results were very similar at Bud's Creek to the other races. So I don't see, if it didn't change now, I don't know, then I don't see how it's going to change overnight now. It sounds like he's going to be in for a long slog here. Um, And as for Stewart, uh, which I had said in our podcast at the end of Bud's Creek, I feel like some races this year he was kind of just going through the motions and trying not to crash. And then I feel like Bud's, he really tried. Like he really tried to run that pace. Mm -hmm. And it still was a disaster. So I feel like we've seen every formula he can bring, and do, none of them have worked. Do we get some Legion guys to play taps as those two ride around? The the Ryans? No, James and oh the taps. You know the, the like it, sort, it, sort of the last waltz uh, it, while it is, while they're out there. It is strange, man. And I just did another radio interview thing this afternoon, and they're like, "But how could this? How could this be? A year ago, Stuart right. on the Suzuki and won. How could it change that quickly? But if you look at most athletics, when the age catches up to a guy, and I know that James technically isn't old years-wise. He's only, what, 28? Yeah, something like that, 27, 28, yeah. Damn, has he got a lot of mileage on the odometer for 28. I mean, he has taken some hits. Yeah. He's obviously was racing and riding a lot at a very young age. Um, usually when that stuff catches up with you, it does not catch up with you gradually. It catches up suddenly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you a perfect example. I mean, McGrath went from, in a, what, an 18-month span from the Jeremy McGrath we remember to just trying to get top five, yeah. top ten. You know what well, I mean? It just I, happens quick. And you can't, put a, you can't put a number on it. I mean, Wyndham went to 35, Reed's 31, Stewart's 28. But they might all have been in a similar situation just at different years. But well, uh, it's really strange. You got a point there because, yeah, Chad, uh, J- Jeremy McGrath comes out and, um, you know, basically gets second to Ricky a whole bunch in 01. Comes out in 02, and I don't think he was a top five guy. You know, he sucked. Right, he sucked. It was it was pretty gnarly to watch him ride around in fifth to tenth. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah. And, and how much can change in one year? Well, there you go. It's not like he was second one year, third the next, fourth the next. It right. went from second to like eighth uh, that quickly. Okay. And yeah. out of respect for those guys, you know, they they could turn it around, but it doesn't look good right now. It just it's it's uh, bizarre to see. It's Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, 702-586-7857. If you have a question for uh, Racer X's Jason Wygant, Kevin's on the phone. We're going to get to him shortly. Um, I, my wife looked at me crazy. She's ran on the phones today when I said Brett Metcalf will be a 567 guy. We had a caller say he's going to be 10 to 15. Um, so the opinions are varied on Metcalf. What's, what's your take? Uh, I'm going to put like very high tens, like a, like a nine or 10. Uh, I don't know about fifth. Again, that class is just so loaded and that's not a disrespect for him, but I mean, even in, from you talking to him in Canada, it sounds like he considers himself even a bit of a work in progress. Um, you know, and at his best, he might be the third place guy this weekend if he was last year factory bike, fully healthy. But I think even he admits that he's not quite 
fully back to where he was at that point. And in this this field, man, that'd be that'd be tough. So you're and okay. You have to wonder how much pressure is on the guy right now. Like it's hard to just come out there in one race and. Well, I wonder about his bike too. I mean, it's his practice bike. You know, right? No testing, right. no sand testing. Just be Bingo. Tough. I do wonder about his bike. Yeah. When he doesn't do my around fifth place, I will blame it on the motorcycle. It's all things you have to consider, though, legitimately. Um, I think, like I said, the skill or the talent might be there for him to get third, but I don't think all the pieces are aligned right now. So are we – we saw Mike Brown come out last week in a Butts Creek. He got 20th in one moto. Never was a real factor at any point, um, the 42-year-old, 41-year-old Mike Brown. So the 47-year-old John Dowd at Southwick, how, how, how does he do? The last few years have not actually been great for Dowd. There was that high water mark in 2009 when he almost won it. Um, was, it was that 09 already? Yeah. Think about how long ago that is now. Um, that just seemed like it was like, like last week. I know. So it's four years. So you want to talk about, like we were saying with Stewart, you want to talk about the age thing. You add four more years to that. I think we still think of Dowd as you never know, man, at Southwick. But I feel like even he can't fight Father Tom enough. I mean, he's 47 now. Yeah. Um, I think getting like what Brown did, you know, just getting in the points is going to have to be the goal here, just trying to get um, top 20. And one thing I think that's going to mess with him is, uh, I mean, he'll make the 40-rider field. Come on, don't even suggest he won't. No, here's the only reason I'm saying this. Here's the only reason I'm saying this. I don't think it's the specialty of him, especially at age 47, of going balls to the wall for one lap. So I think he'll get in because he knows the track and he's fast enough, but he's probably going to have – Pretty crap gate picks, I think, and that's not going to help. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's going to not make it, but I think he could be in the, say, 30s. He went 9-8 in 2011. 2011. And then what did he do last year? Uh, one year he had bike problems. That year he had bike problems. That might have been, or was that 10? He had a couple of years with just strange bike problem things. Last year he I'm went... Gonna say the, Top, I'm going to say top 20 in both motors. That's as far as I'll go. Last year he went 10-16. Yeah, so. It's pretty good. Still, I'm going, to, I'm going to say top 20. That's, that's, that's wow. The, I wouldn't even show good. up this weekend if I were you. They're going to light you on fire. Just saying, man. Just saying. What about, Rob- of- okay. what about Robbie Marshall? Well, what's his uh, health status? I don't know, but he's at press day today. I do know that. Yeah. Robbie Marshall, if he's, I think he, what, did he break his shoulder at uh, Tennessee? Collarbone, yeah, something, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if he's healthy and fit and ready, he could really light it up. And the other thing is, okay, so he'd be riding a two-stroke, correct? Right. Uh, no, I think a four, I think for this race, he is on oh, okay. four strokes. I, I was actually going to say that um, I think in sand, although Southwick is a little different from sand tracks, two-stroke I think is a little less of a disadvantage. It's sand, but I guess that's not a factor if he's not riding one. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, if, if, if the shoulder injury is behind him, sky's the limit, man. I could see him getting a fifth or something crazy. Like, that guy can definitely go mm-hmm. with that track, for sure. He's run in that position before many years. It just doesn't always finish. You know, I think one year he was third in the last lap and crashed. So yeah. I could see top five happening. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the man did qualify on a two-stroke in whatever place that was at Muddy Creek. Um, Kevin, you there? Hello? Kevin, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on, guys? What's hey, your, um, what's going on? I think it would be a cool feature to, you know how you guys had that speed trap at Millville, you know, that shows the speeds of the guys yep. coming down, uh, I think that'd be cool to have that at every round, you know, to see how fast the guys are really going, give a better perspective to the people that don't really know how fast these guys are really going. Yeah. Yeah, good idea. I don't know if like just the people at Millville have a deal on radar guns, and that's why they do it there. Uh, yeah. I don't. Why well, can't you you run the series? Why don't? Oh we, yeah, why, me personally. Why, yeah, that's totally a track thing. That's not a series thing. They've had it going for. Yeah. Well, to give you an idea, they've had that going even before MX Sports ran the the deal. I think they started that in oh six ish or something. Um. So yeah, I don't know why they're the only, that thing can't be too expensive to set up, right? I wouldn't think it's one of those roadside yeah, deals. Yeah, I mean, really, can't you just buy one at? You know, Canadian Tire or somewhere? One thing I've always heard is um, you you don't necessarily want to put a mile per hour on at a motocross because the number never sounds that impressive. Oh, really? You know? Oh. Well, you got to think of it this way. What what, is, what could they be doing in a section? 50-ish? 
I thought they were up to like seventy or something. In, in, no, I thought I thought that's what I remember. Kevin, yeah, the thing set up in the sand whoops. Are you serious, Kevin? How fast do they go? In the sand whoops, bro. Seventy, really? I don't know where it was. Uh, I thought they had it in the sand whoops. Right, Kev, My Kev, point being, Kevin's what? D- depending where you have a track, I think the best you're going to shoot for is somewhere in the 50-mile-an-hour range. It's cool to compare one rider to another and be like, this guy did 53 and this guy did 51. But the problem is, if you think of most people who are like, don't understand motocross, and that's a lot of people, they'd be like, ooh, wow, 50 miles an hour. <laughs> wow. Is that Unbelievable. Is, <laughs> what, what daredevils. Yeah, wow. wow, this is elite of the elite. Uh, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. most motorsports, right. you take triple digits just as the, yeah. pro- the point of entry. Is that is that kind of why they combine the whole shot money? Because they want to look at like, oh wow, a thousand dollars. I no, actually, oh. I think you're right. I think that is like oh, holding okay. up a check for a thousand bucks is like wow, big time, a thousand dollars. Right. No, you got a point there. Yeah, maybe that's why they did that. Which, by the way, Michael Essie is only one start behind Barsha. He's already done the math. And Barsha, I'm sure, has not. I'm sure he's not. Uh, Briggs, is this Briggs? Yes. Yeah, what's up, man? What's your uh, what's your question? Another one, guys. Hey, um, Jimmy Dakotas. They just posted a picture on uh, uh, Twitter, Racer X, that he is at Southwick. I didn't know he was back from Europe. And how do you guys think he'll do? You didn't know he was back? No, bro. You're from New York. Jimmy D's like one of you. No, I'm from Western New York, man. Oh, okay. Boston, Massachusetts. That's like you're talking six, eight hours, yeah, ten hours. All right, never mind. You're right. New hey, York's, answer New, me this. Answer me this State. before you hang up. Um. Do in any way, shape, or form we call Phil Nicoletti a local for this weekend? Uh, I mean, I would think he'd be a Unadilla local, not necessarily a Southwick local. Mm. You think he's ridden there? You know he's surely he's ridden there through the years, right? Big, oh, yeah, definitely ridden there. I mean, that's if you're going to cut your teeth in a motocross, you, you have to go up to Southwick and race. I mean, any local weekend, you have, what, 10, you know, two-digit number riders there? So, yeah, absolutely. Okay, all right. So at least he's got some extra laps on the track. We can give him that. He's got he's got some laps. I mean, but it's not he's not Binghamton or Unadilla for him. Gotcha. All right, it's still something though. Still something. So Jimmy D, what do you guys think? Is he going to bounce back here in the states, or is he going to kind of do what he did in Europe? Uh the last Jimmy D. Uh, Jimmy D's legend is greater than his results over the years. He, he, I do remember at Southwick one year, he was up there pretty far, and then he crashed near the end of a moto. But honestly, I've never seen him, you know, kill it um, outdoors. I mean, I guess this would be his best shot. Hopefully he's not too beaten down from Europe. The European results were not good. I mean, I think he's a top 10 guy, Weege. I think he's top 10 speed-wise, but I, get, I think the point you're getting at, and I agree, is He's never once so far in his pro career delivered it as an actual end of the moto result. So I think that's the that's the big question mark. Yeah. You know, can he get a start and run up front for most of the race? Sure. Yeah. Will he actually finish it? He hasn't done it yet. Like I'm telling you, not at all. It, like I don't know if does he have a single moto where he's finished well? Yeah, yeah. He went like uh, I looked at Southwick a couple of years ago. He was uh, ten ten sixteen or ten nineteen. That, that's how he nailed down the, the factory traction right. He did good those couple races, and they were like, man, this guy's got it, and he never prevailed. That was actually in Supercross. They picked him up at the beginning of the year in Supercross. Outdoors, uh, yeah. there's just even less to go by. Yeah, like, out, there's just, outdoors is, is where he's struggled more so than, than indoors, absolutely. Um, yeah. I got him here. He went uh, 36-9 in 2011. So he does have a top 10 there. Yeah, now, you, I mean, yeah. he's you capable want... and maybe a little extra added confidence and being down. Maybe this is his uh, breath of fresh air he's been looking for. Uh, yeah, let's hope so. Let's. I know the fans do, so right on. Okay. Thanks, Briggs. They need, right, they need somebody Thanks. like that up Thanks. there. That was retiring. No, Henry's yeah. long gone. Pat, it, Pat, Pat Barton's done. LaRusso, La he's a shell of his former self, but he's still out there. <laughs> he did race it last year. Yeah. I got a tweet from T Hall seven six seven that says Robbie Marshall's shoulder isn't fully healed. He just didn't want to miss this last race. So that this this tweeter says he doesn't know how it's going to turn out. So okay, yeah. so Robbie Marshall's definitely not going to be one hundred percent on the six shades KTM. Um, Darn. Any any if if Southwick goes away, why get any word on what race would replace it? We got that question earlier. 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, the only thing I do know is, actually, I shouldn't say anything, because no matter what I say, they're going to think that I was part of some big MX Sports meeting, to which I remind everyone, I don't even live in Morgantown any longer. I'm not even in the office, and I don't work for MX Sports, so I wouldn't be, I can't eavesdrop because I'm not there, and I'm not supposed to be part of any of their calls or meetings. So I really don't know anything, anything except last year at the GNCC in Indiana, which has the most ridiculously massive festival-style crowd you can imagine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they said, we're having a national here next year. Well, this is next year, and they're not having one. Yeah. But I know that one is potentially on the, um, yeah. on the docket. But that's all I know. It's all based on everything from last year. I don't want anyone to think at all that they, they don't have anything like in place with that track or any other. The, the first thing that happened is Southwick goes away. Then it's finding a replacement. I don't want anyone to think that they have a track don't, and they put Southwick out. Don't you? Yeah, exactly. Don't you feel like this Southwick thing could still get worked out? I do. I, I do. I yeah, do. Yeah. I think right now, the fear everybody had is if you go there, folks that haven't been there, we, we try to explain it. It's literally in a neighborhood. Just, just baseball fields, houses, a school, and a motocross track, which is a combination that doesn't seem like it's going to last, right? Yeah. Too loud, all that stuff. Yeah. But I don't think in the short term that's really the issue. I think it's just the DFW that runs it. I think it just comes down to money. Like if someone wants to pay an exorbitant amount more to keep it going, mm -hmm. I'll be to the point where it might not be profitable to run it. Uh, and I think that's kind of where the current promoters kind of reach their, their limit. Uh, I think it could last for a few more years. I've I got to think eventually it's going to be developed. But I don't think that's the problem in the short term, like next year. Do you, so maybe. Do you think those girls in the golf carts want too much money? That go up and down the hill? Is that where? Yeah, I think that's, that's where it all that, came from. Yeah, is that where the money's going? Chauffeurs. Right. Is that where the profit's going? The Maybe that's where the profit went. Maybe the, if they hadn't paid 14-year-olds to drive people around in golf carts, they'd still be going to this day. That's what I'm saying. All right. And they probably paid them a good 20 bucks a day. Okay. Um, wrapping this thing up, uh, give me your predictions for uh, this weekend, 450 class. Give me, give, me, uh, give me your prediction for top three, and then give me what you think Metcalf and Dowd will do. I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go with Dunge for the win. I'm gonna go with Dunge for the win. He's been really, really good here uh, the last few years, and uh, I think he was as good as Villapoto the last time they raced there in '11. He was as good as him at Buds. So I'm gonna go with uh, Dunge for this one. I'll be Villapoto's third. Mark could be in that mix though. After getting me Mark all excited, after, after getting me all excited that you think someone can get in in between the Ryans. You're gonna, you need to put money on it. That's one thing. But right. I'm not coming out here like you did and just like, okay, we know who's one, two, so who's third. Right. It's going to be closer than that, I think. So no no raining yellow. No. No. Okay. Raining yellow. Yeah. Sorry. Um, just rain period, though, I think we're going to get. but. Yes. Rain or shine, no raining yellow. Right. Um, and then uh, give me, give me guys? Metcalf, Dowd and Metcalf and Dowd. I will go... Uh, 16th for Dowd and 10th for Metcalf. How about that? You're a real asshole. You know that, right? I mean, what do you want? You want 5th from Dowd, right? I don't know, but you, it's John Dowd. Hey, um, I, I asked yeah, the caller. This. i got to pick what's realistic, man. I asked he the said call he went 10-16 last year, so he's a year older. There's a lot more dudes in the class than there were last year. Uh, so I'm just doing putting some numbers out. I asked um, He might not be a year older because Southwick was later in the calendar last year. He might he's not technically be right. a year older. He might be only 10 months older. He's only 10 months older. Um, his kid, Ryan, is trying to qualify. What Do you know anything about him? Amateur guy, Jason Oh, no, That's kind of the strange thing. I've never seen him uh, okay. at Loretta's or anything. Um, I think it's kind of unfortunate for him. I, I think it's kind of like, I don't know if this was the plan all year long, but it's like when they found out South was going to be gone, it's like now or never, we better try to make this happen. So I don't know if he's ready for that level yet. But they have no choice. They can't wait till next year. There isn't going to be next year, probably. And there's there's no chance that you can remember another father-son racing the same national. Well, they put up this statistical report today to MX Sports, and it said it'd be the first time. Yeah, I, I assume they're right. Generally, generally, our our media and our and our sports, including Supercross, they only go back to like when they started running it, though. You're so ridiculous. With no, that. that's absolutely true. That's, that's not. That's absolutely. How come the MX Sports public relations man did not? Count 500s as a national class when I got the stats from him last year. He because just, here he, are the stats of the races that are taking place this weekend. That's why. I, I said, where's the 500 numbers? And I was, I, my reply to that, or his reply to that was, should they count? 
That's that's yeah, the, that's what happens. They're, that's they're showing. You have to remember when they're putting out stuff for the media. It's like, hey, here's a list so you can see where Ryan Dungey stands all it's, time. Here yeah, are the guys yeah. that are racing today that you're going to be covering today. Here's where they stand yeah, all time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They're giving you the stats in the two classes that are racing on that particular weekend. All-time national wins should count 500s as well. Do they even have a list that doesn't include that? I don't think they do that that way. I yeah, think all- they send out a list that says, here's your all-time 250, 450. I don't think they put out a list that says, here's all-time with 500s removed. That's totally different. No, they didn't do that. The 500s were not in an all-time national wins list. They had an all-time wins list of two classes. Yes. The two classes that are currently racing. Yes. You're making it sound like they put an all-time wins list combined and just took the 500s out. No, it they was combined. It was combined. And they, they, the 500s were no, not counted. Count, Come count, on. 500s were not counted. I, I'm, That's not true. That didn't happen. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm lying. I'm lying. You are. Okay. You're a liar. As far as your Supercross thing, you throw that in, too. You said they only go back to when they are running it. We'll trace all the mergers and acquisitions and name changes, and technically the company that is Feld Motorsports now was like SRO Pace and all that, and they were back in the 80s just like everybody else. Well, they seem to forget about that, don't they? When? Many times. We got to run. Don't worry about it. They didn't when they put out the Supercross Classics DVD. Thank you, Jason Wygant, for coming on the Fly <laughs> Moto 60 show. I really appreciate it. We'll see you this weekend. Are you bringing your jar? Uh, I don't know. I know I'm bringing you. You're staying in my room. Yeah. Actually, jars might cost money, so never mind. You're probably not. But the dirt is free, so that kind of tips the scales. <laughs> All right. That's fantastic. Thank you. See you guys. See ya. All right, everybody. Uh, that's the Jason Wygant on the Fly Racing Moto, Moto 60 show. And uh, what I want to tell you guys about was Fly Racing. They've got a real cool way of sharing uh, with their fans. Um, it's super cool. It's a interactive social media deal. Uh, you simply head on over to uh, the Fly Racing website, flyracing.com. Look for the Flywall menu in the upper right of the homepage. Choose Post a Pick. Upload a photo of yourself in your Fly Racing gear. You can apply filters like on Instagram or choose a photo from your Facebook, whatever you want. Once it's approved, your photo will show up on the Flywall. It's as simple as that. Head on over to flyracing.com and upload your photo for a chance to be featured on the Flywall. This is Fly Racing's way of making you part of their social interaction. You should just do it. Fly Moto 60 show. We support it. Why don't you? Uh, while you're online, you can fly f- follow Fly Racing on Facebook, at Fly Racing USA on Twitter and Instagram. We'll see you at the track, and we'll see you on the flywall. Check it out, Fly Racing USA. You, too, can have the same gear that uh, Trey Kennard, Andrew Short, and others wear. And uh, thanks, thanks everybody for listening on this uh, Thursday. Appreciate it. All right, moving on to 250 class. Jason Thomas coming up right away. As I mentioned, something to keep in mind this weekend was uh, the fitness. There's WMX this weekend, so we're going to see that. And uh, that's going to be interesting to see if the guys get a break. Well, they do get a break. It's going to be interesting to see if it affects them. Also, if it's raining and it's, it's sandy and it's rainy, uh, starts are going to play a key. Uh, Eli Tomac, we've seen, hasn't been able to always get up the gate as clean as he can. So that could be something that uh, affects him. If it's uh, raining and it's roost in the sand, that's the last thing you want uh, to be way back there. So uh, some things to keep forward to. Jimmy Dakota's, of course, coming back, and we talked about him a little bit. Will Hahn, fifth overall at Bud's Creek. Can't wait to see what he can do um, going forward. Um, he looked he, – his – his fitness really surprised me. He held strong all moto. He got great stars, but then he really held strong. And, of course, Adam Cincerello, his second race. We're going to uh, talk to JT about that and see how he can do. Uh, the the 292 of Adam Cincerello, first race, eh, probably not that good. Probably not what he wanted. But it wasn't it wasn't anything to make a judgment on. It's hard to, to jump in and uh, just totally go like that while everybody else has been uh, racing already. 702-586-7857 if you have a uh, question uh, about the round six of the Lucas Oil AMA Nationals this weekend. And, uh, you know, um, call in and uh, and uh, and talk to us. Uh, Baggett, Tomac, Roxon, Muskan, all uh, uh, top four last year were Baggett, Tomac, Roxon, and Muskan. Interesting that uh, that's the top four right now going into the uh, into the outdoors. Of course, Roxon's first, Tomac second, Moosecan third, uh, Bag at fourth. But um, 
interesting that that is going to uh, the same order last year. So Justin Barcher couldn't even get into that last year, um, into the mix. What else? Uh, Jason Anderson normally is strong um, there. Uh, I think I remember him last year. He got a terrible start. He crashed, and he ripped through the pack super quick. So um, keep an eye on, on him out there. Okay, um, to talk about the 250 class and uh, to go forward from there, uh, Jason Thomas, Fly Racing Zone, Jason Thomas. What's happening? We just discussed the 450s with Jason Wygant, and now we're discussing 250s with you. Yeah, I'm not sure how that worked out. Why? Uh, I didn't think that was the plan. No, it was the plan. Don't worry about it. I see. Okay, <laughs> okay. All right, so, so uh, last year, Top four were Baggett, Tomac, Roxon, and Muscan in that order. Um, do you see any reason that those could be switched this year? I mean, is Baggett back? Did we write him off too early, or did I write him off too early? Uh, I think everybody pretty much didn't expect what he did at Bud's Creek. Um, no. Yeah, no. I, I think it was surprising. Maybe even, I don't know, maybe even for him. Uh, so it was good. It was good for the series. Um, I don't, I don't know if we'll see the same thing from Tomac. He, he was really good there last year. Do you remember, do you remember, do you remember him ripping through the pack in that one moto and he hit the tree? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. yeah. I, but I, before that, I wouldn't have expected him to do that well there. So, um, yeah, his, his second motos lately have been really, really impressive. Uh, I think the, the, having the break may, may work against him. I, you know, I know, I think that's been a big. Uh, kind of feather in his cap. Yeah, he he, uh, he mentioned that, didn't he? He said that the, he thought everybody got tired. Yeah, and and he's really you know honestly kicked everyone's ass in the races that he's that they had there hasn't been a break. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll see if that we'll see if that's a, a determining factor in the results. Um, there was rumors that Roxon wasn't 100 percent last weekend. Uh, I think he'll be really good in the sand this weekend. So. Uh, you know, Southwick's, Southwick's a little bit of an equalizer for everyone. It changes changes the game a little bit, and you see some um, abnormal results a lot of times. Well, and then it's supposed to rain. It's gone down to thirty percent, but it's raining Friday. It's raining Sunday. So yeah, and I heard I heard your statement about Southwick being the worst place for it to rain. I'm not really sure. Oh, what, it's just where terrible. You're with that. Wet sand. It's terrible. Yeah, it gets, I'm, gets I'm gonna have to disagree. I would think that. Uh, I have a feeling that if it's going to rain, if it's going to rain anywhere, I'd rather what? it rain in the sand where it actually soaks it up. Yeah, but what jacks up your goggles? Sand. I, I'm not, I don't think anybody else is concerned with goggles but you. Then you throw goggles off. Now you're getting roosted. You know. Yeah, I, I think you're. Um, I think you're basing it off of your X-brand deal. But. Bikes. Uh, bikes get hotter. Bikes are pushed to the limit. Deep sand. You know, wet sand. It's just. Uh, you know, you suck a little bit of water through. You suck a little bit of sand through the filter. There's many things that could happen. Yeah. In, 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 if, if, if you have to ask for me one race where you want it to rain for the whole year, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Southwick. Okay, I'm not. So, right. Well, you don't okay. race. Uh, I, I do don't race. either no. anymore. But yeah, neither do you. Speaking of which, um, uh, do you, what's your thoughts on Southwick? This, this this being the last one. I mean, it's. I think it's it's uh, it's sad, and we Wagan and I talked about it. Maybe not being the last one, and maybe they're going to work it out. But um, I'm looking at a photo of Jeff Stanton on my my, my studio here, of ripping through the sand. Um, it's it's it, we need a sand track. We need Southwick on the schedule. You know? Yeah, I think so. It's uh, if it truly is the last one, it's an end of an era. I mean, um, you know, when I know when I turned pro, going to Southwick was. Kind of like, oh boy, you know, buckle your, you know, buckle your chin strap. It's gonna, it's about to get, about mm-hmm. to get rough. Uh, just one of those races where, um, honestly, you know, it wasn't qualifying, wasn't the same kind of deal where it's just lap time deal. It was, it was racing in back then, and yeah, it, it wasn't even really about being so fast. It didn't have to be crazy fast. You just had to be tough, and you had to be strong, and you had to be in shape. And if you could go thirty-five minutes at a a decent pace, you didn't have to set the world on fire, you were going to get points. That's just how that race worked. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's gone away from that a little bit, but it still has that stigma where if you're not in shape, it's going to be very apparent come Saturday afternoon. I wish they ran it the other way, though. I don't like the new way. They've done it for maybe five or six years now, huh? Yeah, and I'll tell you what, the, the biggest uh, 
changed. I mean, the, the roughest, toughest Celtics I can remember was, and I hate to say this was in the Steve Whitelock era, when they didn't touch the track from, you know, like say last weekend they would have had an NESC race. Yeah. Then all the factory connection guys usually rent the track and test all week. Then they wouldn't even touch it until Saturday, and they'd leave it all the way through the weekend. There would be a Saturday practice and a Sunday national, and they wouldn't touch it for like a 10-day span. And it would be so unbelievably rough Yeah, the first time we got on the track. I mean, those weekends were just absolute torture. Yeah. But we head out. We, time, we, you know, we, yeah. we don't have anything like that anymore, so. Yeah, we'd head out there on Saturday practice, and it'd be whooped out. Yeah. 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 Brutal. I mean, the end of a the end of an NESC race was where we started. <laughs> so, um, and to be honest with you, it almost seemed a little bit safer like that because the track was so slow. Because the track was so slow um, that it was really hard to have a high speed crash because you couldn't go fast. Like you were like rhythming around the track and hitting bumps and stuff. Right. Right. Now, uh, now it's kind of like a, a freeway at times where you're like wide open around the track for a little bit until it roughs up. Do you look for a better performance out of uh, Adam Cincerillo? Yeah, I think uh, I think we'll definitely see. You know, I don't know if it'll be drastically better where he'll be on the podium or anything, but uh, the track he rides every day uh, at at Villapotas is a sand track, uh, which should help him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a Florida guy, so he's ridden plenty of sand growing up. Right, um, and and just the experience factor of. He's going to know what to expect now. You know, when he gets in that situation, it's not everything's going to slow down a little bit mentally mm-hmm. for him. And, uh, you know, I don't know if, like I said, I don't know if he'll be up on the podium, but when he gets in that same situation, he won't panic and just, you know, immediately start dropping back like that. He might, you know, get a little bit more comfortable with those guys and, and feel a little bit more at home out there. Hey, I was looking through the, the results of the 250 class, looking for a guy that stands out as a quote-unquote sandmaster. And certainly maybe Jimmy Dakotas could, could fall under that, although I don't think he can get into the mix, but he can um, – mix being top five, but I think he can do better than – you know, he can get in there. But is there somebody that I'm missing that is really good in the sand? I don't think so. And I, and I heard you saying kind of about Zachy Poo, but he's always kind of claimed that sand was his, his uh, basically his Achilles heel in Europe. Yeah. So yeah. I don't expect him to go out there and set the world on fire – compared to what he normally does either. Um, I think to be honest, I would probably point to Roxon as probably the best the best sand guy. And I know that's not really saying much because he's a points leader, but no, uh, no. he happens to probably be the best sand rider. Well, we saw what he did at Lomo. We exactly. Saw, I yeah. saw him what he did. Yeah. He beat Hurlings at Lomo the year at the GP I went to. So um, Yeah, and if you, if you grow up in that scene, you ride sand. There's just no choice. It's yeah. so wet and so cold for most of the year that you have to ride the sand. There's just yeah. no choice. I see Osborne's fitness helping him, though. I do think the guy, the guy's in tremendous shape. We've oh, without a that. doubt. Yeah. I don't, I'm not yeah. trying to say that he's not going to do well. Right. I just don't think that we can point to the fact that he wrote GPs as, oh, yeah, he's going to yeah. kill us in sand, because right, I right. don't think that's really his forte. Uh, what about Dakotas? What do, you, what, do you see anything from him? I mean, he got beat down in Europe. His results were not good. Um, Southwick is his home track. Where do you see, what do you see from him? I mean, I hope he does good. The guy's been drugged through the mud by every European journalist that was ready to take a shot at an American uh, for the past two months. So I hope he does well. Um, you know, I don't really know his situation now, what kind of bike he's going to be on, if it's going to be good, and what kind of situation he's got. Uh, just seems like that's a that's a big factor. Like bikes, bikes break a lot at Southwick. And uh, I don't know. I mean, hopefully he does well. He needs it. You know, he I would have to say that his the interest in Jimmy Dakotas moving forward is on life support right now. Uh, so he, he really needs to come out and, and kind of show what he's made of and, and kind of regain some of the momentum that he kind of had in Supergrass. A lot of people were, were pumped on him, and I feel like that's kind of been taken, you know, the wind's been taken out of his sails. Right. I look for the Martin guys, Martin brothers, to do well this weekend. I remember Alex oh. is putting some good motos there. I, you know, Hopefully Alex has got his, his bike sorted out now. I know that was kind of a last-minute deal, and he was testing at the races, which is never fun. Um, yeah, he's done this guy a couple of years ago. And, uh, sure oh. Hey, we're lo- your phone's all breaking up, robot guy. And he's gone, Jason Thomas. Somewhere lost in the, in the tunnels of Delaware. Joel, what's up, man? 
How are you doing today, Steve? Good. What's happening? Sorry, I'm getting off the Southwick deal a little bit, but I only get to call in once in a while. Uh, going back a couple of shows, uh, I believe it was Villeman was talking about teammates Muskin and Roxon. And, you know, in the first race, I think it was that Muskin beat uh, Roxon. He was saying that he thought Roxon probably tried a little bit too hard and stuff like that. When you have two guys on the same team like that, do, those, do they ever, like, sit down and work some technique with each other or, you know, in kind of a team dynamic like that in an individual sport where they're still competing against one another? Do they just kind of go to their own ends of the practice track and it's basically an individual thing while they're there? Or do, do teammates actually sit down and try and improve one another? No. they Every man for himself, at least as far as my experience goes anyways. There's yeah. uh, there's not any, yeah. They, they, I mean, they'll come in and maybe watch video together. Um, yep. and try to, you know, help each other with lines or whatever. But as far as going out there riding, nah, there's not too much of that. Okay. So. And then also I had a question with success, Moosehand and Roxon, you know, coming over from the GPs and kind of giving maybe the GP riders a little bit more credibility in America, does that open up the opportunities for some of, you know, some of these amateurs in America to perhaps go over and pursue the GPs if they're not, you know, I'm not talking about the blue chip racers and stuff, but someone who's maybe finishing 7th, 8th, ninth, you know, at Loretta Lynn's or something, maybe their parents can look at, you know, the GPs as an opportunity to kind of cut their teeth over there and maybe come back in a few years, kind of like Osborne did, or is it still a little bit of a clown show and sending someone over there? Um, I don't think if you're a seven, eight, nine guy at Loretta's, you're, you're fast enough to do anything in the GPs, you know? Those guys haul ass, and I don't think any Americans are ever, like, looking towards Europe as a first choice or as a, as a chance to do something, you know? I just don't, I don't, I just don't see it. Um, you know, generally the guys that go over there are, are need to, you know, they're on their last legs over here. They, they're looking for a change, looking for something going on. I don't think, I don't see that happening. I just, I just don't, don't see it. So. Okay. And finally, uh, you guys were talking a little bit about a possible replacement for the Southwick race. What about doing a race at Sturgis, South Dakota during the motorcycle rally? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you've got hundreds of thousands of people, you know, that are enthusiasts milling around. You've got a good portion of the industry and stuff out there. It's, you know, relatively close to halfway between it's, Millville uh, and Washougal. It's easy to say, but hard to do. I have no idea what's out there, who, who's going to promote it, who's going to work with it, what's the track going to be like, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so, and yeah. fine. And uh, my dark horse rider for the 250 class this weekend, I look for Darren Durham to be on the podium. I think his style suits the sand very, very well, kind of a stand-up in the corners and all that stuff. I think he's going to surprise people. All right. Thanks, Joel. Thanks. Have a good afternoon. All right. See you. What do you think, JT? Durham podium? Uh, I'm just going to – I'm going to have to disagree with a lot of things that were just said. Uh, I don't think 79 guy has any place in Europe at all. Right. First off, no one's going to hire him, and you can't ride GPs without being hired because it's so cost prohibitive. Uh, they – National at Sturgis, there's no track there. So, um, yeah, you're going to have to have someone who's going to be willing to spend half a million bucks or so just to even get started. Could we have one on the moon? It's, it's kind of saying the same thing. <laughs> Is it kind well, of... I, I mean, I understand his point where well, there's already a lot of people there, but yeah, yeah, it's got to be, you have to have such an established infrastructure you would consider having a national do, already. Do we really want uh, the raping and the pillaging going on also? <laughs> yeah, you, we could have it at Burning Man, which is also a right, crazy right, event. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then the final one, ah, man, I'm going to have to disagree with him again. So this guy's probably going to hate me, but I don't think Durham is really a sand guy. He grew up in Pennsylvania on hard pack stuff. Um, so I'm not saying he can't do good, but I, he's not someone who I would look for to really excel more than normal in the sand. Right, right. All right, last call here on the Fly Moto 60 show. Bill. Hey, Steve. Bill again from Detroit. What's up? Uh, question. Uh, I didn't see the lap times from uh, Bud's Creek, but was Durham really running that fast? Um, I was wondering why Baggett didn't catch him. Did he, like, get stuck in his pace? No. Durham, kinda, Durham you know, was good. Slowed. No, Durham was good. Durham picked it up. He was good. All right. I know he lived for, like, 20 minutes, and I watched the race, but I wasn't sure if, like, Baggett got behind him wanted to make sure the pass was was clean since it's a teammate and kind of got stuck in that pace. And then when Tomac came by, you know, at his unreal pace, that he just couldn't pick it up at that point. I was just curious. 
if Durham was really that fast. Yeah, I think he was. I think full credit to, to Darren on that. He was riding well. All right, all right, good. Thanks, Thanks Steve. All right, thanks, Bill. All right, JT, before we wrap up, give me your top three in the 250s. Uh, yeah, I want to I reiterate what you said about Durham. Those guys rode away from everybody else, so yeah. you can't take anything away from Durham. They, even when he got into third, he had like a 20-second gap of report. So. Yeah. Uh, top three in 250, I will take Roxon, Tomac. Uh, I'll take – I'm going to take Muscan third. Okay, wow. All right. Yeah. I'm going uh, with uh, – Do I'm, you want my predictions uh, for the 250s? Yeah. What is it? For AC? Just what do you think? Yeah, 1-1. One, one. Okay, all right, thanks. Fantastic. Yeah. Thanks for your contributions. Yeah, uh, way to go. Um, okay, uh, 450s? Metcalf. Oh, am I allowed to talk about 450s now? No, we're only allowed to talk about Metcalf and Dowd. <laughs> I think uh, – I wanted to – just a weigh in on Metcalf too, because I don't think that Matty's back where he was. There's no way Metcalf of old would have gotten beat by Teddy Mayer by 12 seconds last weekend. So uh, I'm not. I don't think Matty's going to be a fifth place guy. I think he's going to be around 10th to 12th, like uh, like Wagon said. Okay, well you're wrong, but all right. Okay. Do you think why? What do you attribute Mayer beating him by 12 seconds? Uh, that track, Mary's really good on that track. It's super simple, easy track. Medi did Medi got a shitty start, and Mayer got out front and gone and no, checked out. Uh, he was like within like three or four seconds at one point. He stretched at twelve seconds. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, top three and four fifty. I'll take Bill Poto, Dunge, and I'm gonna take Stu for third overall. God bless you. Okay. I want to say Barsha, though. Barsha's really good there, but I don't know. I just think Stu's going to be uh, good. John Dowd. You think, oh, what place he's going to get? Yeah. I thought you were saying John Dowd's going to get third. Uh, no, John, no, John Dowd. have a tough time qualifying in practice. If, it, unless it's, if it's really muddy, that'll help him. But he was like 32nd or 33rd in practice last year, which is yeah, he was. not not good. Um, you know, it's dangerously close to... LCQ, he would have no problem anyway, I'm sure. But, um, but yeah, I see a lot of that kind of the same, that uh, 14 to 16, I'll say, that, that range in the motos. Really? Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, hey, thanks thanks for coming on, bud. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for your in- insight. And you're wrong about Medi. You'll see. All right. Well, okay. I, well, I, well, Medi's an awesome guy. I hope he proves me wrong. All right. Thanks, JT. All right. That's Jason Thomas, everybody. I'm Steve Mathis. This has been the Fly Moto 60 show. Thank you to Fly Racing. Thank you guys for listening. Lines were jammed today. Uh, That's awesome to see. The show's catching on. This is like show number six or seven. Uh, Appreciate it. Thanks to Fly Racing. They're uh, the number one brand uh, hard parts in North America, distributed in 40-plus countries. Go to the Fly Wall on flyracing.com and check it out. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next week.